Hey Rebels, my name is Matthew Barton. Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. The biggest winner at this year's Canadian Brewing Awards was Calgary's Establishment Brewing. They pulled in four medals for their brews, and not just little medals, I'm talking big wins. Today I'm sitting down with Mike Fonyuk to talk about all things Establishment Brewing and find out what they think about their big win at the CBAs. So let's get into it. Mike, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on, first of all. I really appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> I guess first off, let's start at the very beginning. Tell me about establishment. What can people expect when they walk through your guys' doors? Right on, yeah. So um, establishment is essentially uh, a craft beer and tap room, a craft brewery and a tap room located in the Manchester Industrial Area in Calgary. So uh, there's a bunch of breweries around here and uh, a lot of people kind of go brewery hopping, but our, our thing, our, our thing that we've been really excited about and kind of from the get go when, when we first opened this place up about two and a half years ago is uh, really focusing on uh, providing the, the customer and experience of barrel aged beer. So mixed culture fermentation, uh, Britannomyces forward beers and uh, you know, it, it takes a, a little bit of time to, to get that program going right now. When you do walk into the brewery, you see a bunch of, uh, barrels f- filled with beer. We actually have about 90 barrels that are filled with beer right now. And, and they're kind of on display in the tap room. You kind of peek through the barrels and, and see the brewery behind that. And, uh, and that's kind of what we're really stoked about. We also make all kinds of other beers. Uh, our motto is kind of like, we don't discriminate against any beer styles, uh, we're home brewers at heart. Uh, my business partner, Dave, and I, we kind of started this uh, as a passion project. And, uh, and luckily, we're, you know, we're still having a lot of fun and, and we're brewing kind of whatever we want. And, and, it's, and, and we just love sharing, sharing that like discovery of new styles and discovery of new flavors with, uh, with all of our uh, kind of all of our customers and all of our friends. So that's, that's kind of what we're about. I know that to connect you guys to rebellion and put that into context, Mark was saying that he had actually called you up personally to talk about Colch's. No, I, I, I recall that conversation and, and, uh, Mark has, has visited, uh, the, the tap room a couple of times and, uh, I've shown him around and I love Mark. He's, he's actually, uh, we kind of uh, go back to, uh, the BJCP. So he's, he's also a, a BJCP national judge. And, and I am one as well. So we really see eye to eye on, on classic styles that way. And kind of that, uh, just, just have that, that keen eye, uh, from, from that perspective. And, and we share that view. So I always love uh, talking to, to Mark about that, uh, about beers like that. But yeah, he called me up about, about Kolsch and, and we kind of like, you know, Kolsch is a very classic style, right? Like it, I think a lot of people kind of look at it and they're like, Oh, it's like, it's a beer. It, it literally just looks and tastes like beer. But uh, that's great, and and we love brewing. You know, we I think we we both share passion for for creating, uh, you know, those those classic flavors in beer, and 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 and, and paying an homage to some of those traditional methods. Um, and I I love Rebellion beer. I've, I've had like whatever we can get over here. Sometimes you know I have some friends in Saskatchewan that that come by with like a cooler full of Rebellion beer, and we try it through all of them. And and I love what you guys are doing. And you guys also push kind of the boundaries of what beer can taste like 
trying new ingredients, like with your lentil beer and everything like that. Like that's all so fun. And, and we really share an, an, a, like a similar viewpoint about beer. So that's great. Love talking to Mark whenever he's in the tap room. <laughs> I wanted to brag to you a little bit because our brand new beer beer that we launched this summer is that Kolsch that you discussed with Mark. It's one of our all-time fastest-selling beers. And without your input, without establishment kind of giving us the inside track, I don't know that it would have been as successful as we had hoped. I, so I, I like to see that you're a part of one of our biggest all-time beers. Oh, shucks. Come on. You guys you guys probably nailed it without my help. You know it. But I, I, I really do do appreciate that. Thank you so much. I, that's, that's what I love about the brewing community. Like even coming back from... Like I, I was a home brewer 12 years before I started the, uh, the brewery and, and so was Dave. And I just love how that community of, of sharing, you know, recipes and sharing information and just that passion, just like being around people that are passionate about beer is just, that continues through craft beer. And I was worried that when we were going to start the, the brewery that, you know, we we're going to lose a little bit of that magic. But honestly, um, that, that continues and, and I love to see it. Just sharing information, getting stoked about really good beer and, and like there's a brewery right next door to us, Annex. And, you know, when we run out of ingredients, I just like walk over there. I'm like, yo, can I grab like a couple bags of two row? And and then, you know, when they run out of hops, they're coming over here and we're always just sharing information and ingredients. And it's it's just a big, big family. It's awesome. I've heard a lot about Annex. I think I've only had the opportunity to try one or two of their beers. They're on my list with uh, establishment and cabin next time I come down to Calgary. Right on. We're all really close by, like in that Manchester uh, industrial district, and you can just like grab a bike and, and bike around, and we're all like a few blocks away, so it's all fun. One of the things Mark had said to me, and I'm glad that you brought it up, was how he says he can walk into an establishment and tell if it's run by brewers, by people who are actually plugged into the culture and the community of craft beer, who loved it before opening the brewery. They're not just in it to make a buck. They're they're in it for the beer. So when you said you guys are doing mixed fermentation and Brett and barrel age, I'm like, that's insane. That takes that's about passion. That's not about making money and becoming a millionaire overnight. That's a that's a commitment to like something else. And then I see it translates into the awards you won. You guys won a lot of awards, and it was for your barrel-aged beers. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we, we actually have another little motto here. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, wild beer takes time. So our, all our mix, we actually have T-shirts that have wild beer takes time on them. It's hilarious. Uh, most people are probably like, what, what does that even mean? But um, it, <laughs> it means just that. It's like, you know, you have to, you, this is, um, you know, the stainless steel fermentation uh, we have a true passion for that as well, but, but that, is, that's a lot more like science, scientific, um, you know, process based. And then when you go into, um, mixed culture or wild beer, uh, there's a lot more subjective analysis that's required and a lot more kind of palate discretion, uh, blending and, and just being at the mercy of the microbes, right? Like the brewer has to take their hands off the process and allow the, the wild yeast and bacteria to kind of do, um, kind of do its thing. And, and my business partner, Dave has a, another hilarious little anecdote, but he called, he says, you know, mixed culture fermentation is like pushing a shopping cart with a broken wheel. You kind of have an idea of 
what that beer is going to end up like. But at the end of the day, it's the mixed cultures that decide how it's going to taste. And each barrel is different. Each barrel has its own personality. So when we started this whole thing, um, you know, it was definitely a gamble. And when I was home brewing, I didn't have barrels at my disposal. I mean, uh, 225 liters of a single homogenized sour beer uh, or wild beer that you don't really know what's going to exactly how exactly it's going to taste like is a big commitment. So I never had the experience with making beer in barrels. Um, and I was just doing them in, in corny kegs and blending that way. And then, so that was a pretty big leap and, you know, it takes anywhere between eight months to three years for any of these beers to, to mature. And, um, you know, we could easily make more money replacing all those barrels with stainless steel tanks, but we didn't, we don't want to do that. Like we, we want to, do something different and um and yeah love it i think it was i mean you know there's there's risk and some some of the barrels don't make it and there's a lot of blending required and a lot of learning and we're still learning like two and a half years in we're still changing things we, we think it could get way better still and and you know you have to take a couple steps back to take uh you know a few steps forward so that's what that's what wild beer is all about. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I don't know if you guys do it the same way as us, but we have little nails in the kegs, and one of the brewers will walk right up with a glass and just pull that nail and and then plug it back up with the nail, and then we're kind of like smelling it, and they'll give us a little taste, and they'll be like, "No, it's not ready yet," or "Oh, this one's almost ready," and and I I can't wrap my head around that yet, but they have they figured it out. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, no, that's exactly it. Like, uh, that's called a, like a Vinny nail. So, um, Vinny from Russian river kind of, uh, I don't know if they, he started it, but it's named after him. Uh, Russian river obviously makes amazing mixed culture fermented beer. Uh, but yeah, that's absolutely it. We just, you sample the barrels and you know, once they're complete their fermentation and the gravity is stable for, for a period of time, then you're just waiting for flavor and, and that's all it becomes purely palate based and subjective. And then you have to pick which barrels to blend together to, to make a, um, uh, a profile that's, that's palatable and, and balanced. It's some, sometimes mixed culture sour beer can become too sour and, and we kind of approach it. And we, we noticed that like, you know, sec, first year in, you're trying to make the beer as sour as possible because you're like, I just want to make sour beer. And then the second year you're like, this beer is way too sour because the microbes are taken over and they're just really controlling the process. And now it's, it's, it's a game of how to make this uh, a balanced beer where, where the sourness is a supporting element in the profile, not the dominant one. And that's, that's why those nails are important. You have to taste. What are some of the lessons that maybe a lay person could take away from you guys when it comes to these mixed fermentation beers you clearly know what you're doing you've you pulled in a few metals you're turning heads even mark he'll he'll rave he'll be like this this is the standard that people should aspire to oh well th thanks mark uh i i think there's still before i say anything i think there's still like a lifetime of learning like i mean there's people that are that have been in this industry for their entire lifetime and and they're still <laughs> they're still making mistakes and learning so um I'm humbled by those words, but, um, I think that the biggest thing I, I think to say is like, you know, the, it's not all about the Oak. So when you think about barrel aged beer, um, it doesn't necessarily have to have a bold Oak character. Like we use, use, we use, use red wine barrels, uh, uh, that the majority of the Oak characters already been stripped from the wine uh, because of the wine. 
into the wine and then and then uh, wineries are selling these off and we're buying them and so wh- why would you why would you want a barrel without any oak character well the mixed cultures actually live and th- like thrive in the oak it's a porous membrane so it, it leaves them like a, a habitat to live in and and a little bit of oxygen that gets through the oak helps them live so the oak is actually more of just like a habitat for the mixed cultures and when you taste these beers you get a complexity that you don't normally get out of a kettle sour uh kettle sours are generally just kind of like a one-dimensional sour note like lactic acid like very clean and uh the barrel aged beer will have maybe a hint of vanilla from the oak but you won't get those bold oak flavors but the majority of the flavors that you're getting are uh driven by the microbes and the microbes are really um the center point of that beer and it's it's a nuanced product uh but it's i think that's that's the big takeaway it's kind of like why isn't there a lot of oak in here well that's kind of the the short answer there's there's even long we can go on forever but <laughs> that's the technical difficulties aside uh we're talking about barrel aged beers we're talking about uh, mixed fermentation and some of the the lifelong learning process I guess ultimately at the end of the day, you want to make a beer that people love to drink. What has the response been from your local beer community? Yeah, I think, I think people are generally pretty excited to try these, uh, these new flavor profiles that, that mixed mixed culture barrel aged beer can, can provide, um, especially some of the really heavily fruited ones. So, um, Belgians have been doing this for generations. Like we're not doing anything that's like, extremely new uh but we are bringing something kind of newish to the to the market uh from you know from historical methods and the belgians are kind of crazy like <laughs> they use so much fruit in their beers like right now we've got we've got a few fruited uh so we we blend our barrels together we find a profile that we like and then we re-ferment that beer on fruit and sometimes uh you know we usually use whole fruit from uh, from the Okanagan or local cherries from Alberta, like some sour cherries we recently sourced. And, and the load, like the fruit load is like insane up to 40% of the weight of the beer sometimes. So, um, a lot of people really like those ones where you, where you smell the beer and it, it just smells like an apricot and, and those, those nuanced characteristics of the mixed culture and and the acidity really help kind of, um, elevate that into, you know, like a like an overripe apricot that's like almost to the point where it's like maybe a little bit too ripe, just a little bit overripe. And uh, some of those funky characteristics really play well with that heavy fruit. And people really love that. Um, and then also it's fun to uh, to kind of see people's experiences with with trying, you know, just a blend of our barrels together and, and uh, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, you know, some of the feedback we get is like, oh man, this is very wine-like. Like, I think the process is very much uh, wine influenced with the blending and everything like that. And, and, and people seem to love that. So a lot of like wine drinkers really appreciate it. Um, it's just fun to introduce people to, to new flavors and new profiles. And, and this is, it's such a great way to do so. In terms of sitting down with your buddies, sharing a pint, telling your favorite story, what is one story that you just can't get away from telling? You have to tell it every single time that you're sitting down with your buddies. This is this is one of my favorite establishment memories. 
Oh yeah. So yeah, the the name of the establishment actually comes from um, the house that we we used to live in, and we homebrewed in the in the basement. So my other business partner, Brandon, he's also uh, a BJCP judge and, and an avid home brewer. Um, we lived together in this house and, and we called it the establishment because we found this sign at a thrift shop on one of our um, surf trips. We went to the Okina- uh, up to the Oregon and on the Oregon coast. So we found this sign, the establishment, we put it up on our window and, and we're like, when we were, we were in the midst of trying to open up this brewery, we're like, what are we going to call this thing? And it's like, you know what? We have to call it after the house that we lived in and we learned how to homebrew. And, and in 2013, that house actually got flooded and, and the entire basement got completely torn out and, and we built like a giant homebrew facility in the basement because there's no walls anymore. It's just a giant. So, you know, that's kind of where the name, the establishment came from. And, and we love that story. And, and we try to, um, continue with those values of, you know, we're, we're in this for the passion. We love the beer. We love sharing it with people that, you know, sharing that passion with friends and, and surrounding ourselves with the people that are just as passionate about beer. And that's kind of what we're all about. So, um, yeah, I lo- love sharing that story of where the establishment name came, comes from. I think it's a, a nice study in contrast between rebellion, which is like, we want to kick down the door and th- flip the table and you know, we give them hell and shake things up. And the establishment is more like we're here and we're going to do things right. And there's a process and there's kind of a set of rules. It kind of gives you a different feel and a vibe. But then once you like lift up the hood and you look at the engine, you're like, Oh, it's the same kind of engine. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's definitely a little bit of, you know, push, pushing boundaries and, you know, um, it, it, our name is a little bit ironic because we're kind of like, you know, we're kind of like the anti-establishment to a certain extent. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure. <laughs> beer, beer is always about that, right? Beer is always about um, kind of pushing it a little bit and 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 sharing stories and yeah, it's good times. Well, I think next summer is probably going to be my next opportunity to come visit Calgary and see you guys because COVID will probably not be so crazy then. Knock on wood. Everybody will get their shots. What can I expect when I come next summer? What's next for you guys? Um, honestly, hard to say, but we would love to expand, like continue expanding the, the barrel program. Right now we're a little bit tight on space, so we can't, can't add any more barrels. So we're kind of stuck at that 90 point. But we would like to explore. Um, we're, we're looking to get a cool ship this winter. So we're going to be getting into some spontaneous fermentation. Um, so f- uh, for those that aren't familiar with that that term, spontaneous fermentation is essentially um, creating beer without adding any external uh, yeast into the beer. So all, all of that is like naturally occurring, kind of fall, falls into the beer through the air. And that, that's a really long project. So probably won't be able to taste that in the summer, but, uh, you know, maybe in three years, <laughs> three or three, four years, maybe. But uh, we're looking, hopefully, to get some more space so we can start playing around with uh, with bourbon barrels and playing around with some some higher gravity beers and barrel aging, uh, and and growing growing a library of, of barrels beyond just mixed culture sour beer. Um, we you know we love to do all kinds of other beers like we love our you know extremely ridiculously hoppy hazy IPAs and. And I would like to get some horizontal lagering tanks so we can make lagers consistently because, uh, you know, lagers are really hard to produce in, in the summer 
because of production constraints, they take, you know, a lot longer than an ale does to make. So we would like to get some dedicated lager tanks so we can make some lagers during, during the summer months as well. Um, you know, we, we've got a long, we got a laundry list of things we want to do. <laughs> it's just, it never ends. And it, that's kind of part of the fun. So after that, the world, there we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I just want to say thanks for your time. It's it's been a really great chat. Yeah, absolutely. Th- thanks for having uh, thanks for having us on here, and and it's been a real pleasure. I love talking about beer. Just give give me a chance, and I'll probably talk your ear off and, and bore you to death. So, <laughs> thanks so much. Really appreciate that. Rebels. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, be sure to join us on our brand new Facebook group page, The Rebellion Brewing Podcast. I'm going to include links to all things establishment brewing within the show notes and on the social media posts so you can find them on your preferred media channels online. I'm also proud to let you know that we're members of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. It's a one-stop shop for tons of locally produced podcasts from across our province. You can find them at saskpodcastnetwork.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped so you don't miss out on the latest in Sask Craft Beer news. Thank you for joining the Rebellion.